The Vision app is the best place to find a growing range of homegrown, on-demand audio to help you look to God daily. You can listen to Faith and Fostering with Christians chatting about foster care in an Australian context. Plus, be encouraged by Pastor Terry Nightingale's four-minute devotions with new episodes added each week in the free Vision Christian Media app. If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash app. Vision.org.au slash app. Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. It is Tuesday and it's the last Tuesday this year that we'll have an opportunity to do an update on breaking news out of Israel. Ron Ross has been scouring the headlines overnight and he's back with us. Ron, welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Ron, let's start with Israel recording over a 1,000 COVID-19 cases, the highest since October. What are the headlines saying for Israel? Israel Coronavirus Commissioner Professor Salman Zaka said we understand that an infectious epidemic is here and we're detecting underground circulation of Omicron and therefore we need to examine the coming steps. Currently Israel does not have any cap on gatherings outdoors even though if more than 1,000 people attend the event or the venue has to be operated under the Green Pass system granting access only to those who are fully vaccinated, recently recovered, or have undergone a corona test. The government approved the Health Ministry's recommendation to classify the United States, Italy, Belgium, Germany, Hungary, Morocco, Portugal, Canada, Switzerland, and Turkey as red states and have placed them under a travel ban as from yesterday. The recommendation also requires the approval of a Knesset law and constitution committee. And that committee is set to meet today, just a few hours before the measure is expected to take effect tomorrow. Okay, let's move on. Quite a fragile piece in the Middle East right now and a bit of posturing going on. A headline today and developing on some of those headlines we've now been talking about for weeks The Tehran Times in Iran has published a map threatening Israel with missile attacks. What's this one about? Yeah, the map shows pins representing rocket alerts for dozens of potential targets, including Lebanese territory and Palestinian cities in the West Bank. The map published on the front page of the Tehran Times was part of an article headline, Just One Wrong Move, That's a Threat. An intensification of the Israeli military threats against Iran seems to suggest that the Zionist regime has forgotten that Iran is more than capable of hitting them from anywhere, wrote the paper, adding it doesn't need to remind the illegitimate regime of Israel of Iran's capabilities. The article ended with a 2013 quote by Iranian Supreme Leader Ali Khamenei warning that Iran would destroy Tel Aviv and Haifa if Israel makes a mistake and conducts a military strike. The threat comes as Israel and the U.S. advance preparations for military option should negotiations to return to the JCPOA nuclear deal fail. A massive IDF drill mimicking a strike on Iran is reportedly planned for early next year. 
Okay, here's one. Some would think he should go away, and that's unlikely. He's in the headlines whenever he opens his mouth still. The former US President Donald Trump, uh, back to his inflammatory best, he says evangelical Christians love Israel more than American Jews do. What's this one about, Ron? Yeah, he said they either don't like Israel or don't care about Israel. He said in an interview with Israeli journalist Barack Ravid, and it's big headlines, I can tell you, in Israel. Trump said that when he grew up in New York City, his father, a real estate developer, was very close to many Jewish people because it was Brooklyn real estate. The New York Times hates Israel, hates them, he said, and they're Jewish people that run the New York Times. Trump also criticized Jewish voters, and I think this might be his real gripe. He criticized them because the majority are traditionally Democrat voters and criticized them for not lending him their support in the 2020 presidential election. And yet in that election, the Democrat Party still gets a lot of votes from Jewish people, which tells you that the Jewish people, and I've said this for a long time, the Jewish people in the United States either don't like Israel or don't care. The interview was slammed by Jewish groups in the United States who accused Trump of anti-Semitism. Yes, as we were saying, every time he opens his mouth, it's quite inflammatory, and yet he probably has struck a nerve there that might have some truth to it. Another headline from the small nation of Kuwait. They've removed a shopping mall Christmas tree after Muslims complained. What's this one about? The operators of, a Kuwait, of Kuwait's largest shopping centre removed a Christmas tree display from the mall this week after receiving a number of complaints from citizens who said Christian religious symbols should not be displayed in the country, which officially recognises Sunni Islam as its state religion. A Christmas theme exhibit featuring a decorated tree surrounded by festively wrapped presents was displayed at the Avenues Mall in Kuwait's capital, Kuwait City, in recent days before Kuwaiti government authorities ordered the shopping centre to take down the display. According to local media, residents have complained. The Constitution of Kuwait declares Islam the nation's official religion, though it also guarantees absolute freedom of belief for people in the country. Kuwait is home to a native minority Christian population, which the newspaper there estimated at between 650,000 to 750,000 last year. Ron, a significant question posed by one of the key newspapers in Israel, the Jerusalem Post. And the question they've asked is, why are there various dates for Christmas? (laughs) What are they saying? In Jerusalem and nearby Bethlehem, unlike anywhere else, the birthday of the Christian Messiah is celebrated three times, they report. The analysis says the New Testament is mute about the date of Jesus' birth. Indeed, it may have occurred in the spring rather than shortly after the winter solstice, since Luke records that the shepherds were abiding in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night. They say traditional shepherds in Palestine guard their flocks around the clock at spring lambing time. That's during the winter. And during the winter, the animals are penned in corrals and they're unwatched. In cities such as New York, London or Sydney, 
Christmas is celebrated on January 6th by Russians, Greeks, Serbs and other followers of the Eastern Orthodox Churches. In addition to December 25, marked by Catholics and Protestants who belong to the Western Church, the Post is saying. But in Jerusalem, report, the Armenian community continues to adhere to the Julian calendar, celebrating Christmas on January 19. And they ask, why all the confusion? The celebration on January 6 was formalized in 325 when Constantine, the Roman Empire's first Christian emperor, summoned the Council of Nicaea and decreed that Christmas should be celebrated on the same day as Jesus' Epiphany or Baptism. In 350, Pope Julius in Rome moved Christmas to December 25 to counter the popularity of the pagan Saturnalia Festival, a public holiday celebrated in the family home with feasting, goodwill, generosity to the poor and the exchange of gifts and the decoration of trees. They go on to say the two dates became a factor in the dogmatic schism between the Eastern and Western Church, but the Armenians and Eastern Orthodox Churches held fast to January 6. The arch-conservative Armenians in Jerusalem and Bethlehem continued to mark the original date of January 6 plus 13 days, hence the Armenian Christmas is January 19. Well, isn't it a fabulous and fascinating thing to be able to have a debate around the actual date of Jesus' birth and then to, however you do that, come to some sort of settlement that at least celebrating the birth of Jesus on one particular day of the year is probably what's most important uh, rather than arguing over the actual date itself. But uh, certainly it's a great way for people who want to get into some deeper appreciation of the Scripture to have some sort of a search for what they see as the most reliable date for Christmas. But uh, great stuff there, Ron. And hey, our last update for 2021 and important updates they've been for people, especially those who are interested in today's headlines out of the Holy Land, the focal point of biblical and global history and the nation of Israel. But uh, Ron just can't go past the fact that it's been a tough year for you with the loss of your wonderful wife, Yvonne, early in the year. Uh, it's been a tough one for you through the year, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a big vacuum and it's taken a hole out of my life, really. Uh, I've been able to counsel with other people who have lost loved ones and uh, they, they assure me the first year is the hardest. But uh, we're an eternal relationship, Yvonne and I. So as I said to someone on the phone in Melbourne yesterday, we look forward to the eternal coming to be. As I often encourage uh, from the scriptures, uh, we don't grieve as those who have no hope. And as you say, you have a hope in your heart, uh, not only of meeting Jesus, but of being reunited uh, with your wonderful wife, Yvonne. And special honour to you, Ron Ross, uh, for regularly and so reliably uh, turning up with the headlines each week on a Tuesday and such valuable insights for listeners who've been following along what's happening in the Holy Land today. So thank you so much for all your great work through the year. And thank you for the invitation to be with you, Neil. It's a privilege. Well, we look forward to getting back together again in the new year. Ron Ross, thanks so much for being with us once again today and through 2021. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.